With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. time for another edition of Tennis.com's weekly podcast. And here's your host, James Martin. All right, welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. Big clay court event going on this week in Madrid, dual gender. I'm James Martin, your host, with Peter Bodo and Steve Tigner, as always. Uh, what's going on, guys? Not too much, but there's bigger news, isn't there, than in, than in Madrid mutually? Yeah, you're Robin holding something James? back, James. Yeah, there, there is, there is massive low. news to the, to the pod world. I am leaving the podcast in... Uh, Tennis.com and uh, heading over to uh, ESPN.com, not to cover tennis, so I'm not a turncoat. I am going over for their uh, football or soccer coverage, whichever you like to call it. Um, so I this is my does last that one. Does that qualify as not being a turncoat, going to soccer? Going to soccer. Well, well it's not like I'm going over to grim. cover the tennis. <laughs> Considered un-American, at least. This is true. So We'll see James Wright. We'll see him on television at the World Cup rioting, like throwing beer bottles at Argentinian <laughs> players. I'll have to get my hair cut, get the skinhead thing going, and... Uh, you know, brush up on my cockney, and I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Blue wall. Yes, that's right. Yes, Leeds United. Um, I can't do an accent. I will never attempt it. Uh, so anyway, this will be my last one. It sucks in that nature, but uh, let's talk some tennis, something more interesting to the people that uh, are listening uh, out there. We got Madrid going on, guys, and, um, I mean, massive upsets yet again on the women's side. We've lost Henin, Cherapova, Kuznetsova, Wozniacki, Safina, what do you make of it? I mean, just another week of, of unpredictability? Yeah, it's even even worse than usual. It seems like pretty much wholesale slaughter this time. The, the We've we've had certain upsets at certain tournaments, but this one has started out from the first weekend. Hen and Sharapova were gone. Serena was almost gone. She was down 4-love in the third set tiebreaker. Wozniacki didn't look particularly good today. I don't know if it's the switch to Clay. Hen and also gone. Um, or this is just the way of the WTA. I mean, this... I don't think it can get. Even, I don't think it can get more wide open than it is right now. My theory is that the women are really sick of these clay court events. I mean, look, clay court. <laughs> you got to be out there a long time. I mean, come on. You do all that prep work. You do those Vogue photo shoots, all that stuff, mm-hmm. all that crossover I don't think media Safina appeal. Was doing that. <laughs> no, they want to be. They don't want to be out there a long time. You get dirty on clay. It's kind of cold in Europe now. Oh, <laughs> no, boy. no. In all seriousness, I think you know Henin. You know, no question that she loves the clay and stuff. But I don't think a lot of these other women do love the clay. I think I, I my gut feeling is the WTA rank and file would be perfectly happy if all the uh, events on the tour were hard courts. Yeah, yeah they seem to. Um, they're not exactly committed to this this part of the year. But it's funny that the one the two p- players who are doing who did well in Rome were the Serbs uh, Ivanovic and Yankovic, who had been seemingly in free fall for for the last year or so, particularly Ivanovic. But now they're, you know, they play each other uh, in the first round, in the second round in, in Madrid. But now they're, you know, a little bit on the upside. It's really just when you think you know what's going to happen, the, the opposite happens at that, this point. That will be bizarre if, if, like, when we get to the French in a couple of weeks, that Ivanovic or Yankovic make a serious <laughs> run to the final. Especially well, Ivanovic. I mean, I could see Yankovic. He's been 
there thereabouts uh, at times. But I mean, with the Steve said the free fall. I mean, if that's the way that the trend's going to be now, that those two 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 ladies, those two women, are uh, in the upswing. That that would be amazing. Well, one of the best kept secrets though in tennis is there is kind of a you know I don't know what the synchronicity kind of a deal or some kind of vibe in the air, but you know let, let's face it, the Europeans have not supported women's tennis that well. It's kind of kind of an, an open secret is that the Europeans you know just aren't there in terms of really embracing and supporting women's tennis to the extent that they support the men's game. And I think the women have always been a bit of an afterthought. I mean, even the way they they've organized and structured some of those tournaments. So I mean, I think you know in a sense the, the women have to be thinking, well, if they don't care, I don't care. You know, you look at some of these empty when the women are playing and stuff and you know it's I always it's wonder tough. about that I mean w- that if you're playing like a tournament you know, and you see it in these early rounds and there's no one in the stands I mean how does that affect some of these these players who just it has used to, to it has to affect somebody like Serena yeah. who plays who really plays for the moment you know I would think for her to go out in front of an empty audience you would obviously she concentrates but I feel like she, she in particular would be hurt by that. Yeah, like what am I doing here? It's like there's nobody here. It's, it's cold, it's, cold, it's damp, damp, and it's clay. Yeah. You know, I mean, why bother? You know, I don't, I don't need it. You know, and that's, you know, in, in some ways you really can't blame her. And when you look at, when you look at her degree of level of stardom, her, the income she's earned, you know, her commercial opportunities and everything else, it's a little bit, you got to, you, you, they're bigger you than the realistically, game, right? yeah, Bigger exactly. than the game. But I mean, Venus, you know, Venus, on the other hand, is the opposite. She seems to go out and play well in these tournaments and not be able to, to rise to the occasion at the bigger tournaments these days, but she's she's a real week week to week worker these days. The opposite of her of her sister. It just shows if there was a player out there that was committed, and and I'm sure a lot of these these players are. But like like Wozniacki is a, a good example of. Wouldn't you think that you know she lost already, but this it's ripe for her to really make that move. And I mean, obviously she's highly ranked, but you know to 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 really start putting her her foot on the her footprint on the game and showing that she's she's going to have to be taken as a real serious Grand Slam contender for all the slams and it seems like that power bat if someone like her with a consistency she should step up but it's right just at the, that moment she, she seems loses. she seems burned out yeah it's, and, and and then on the men's side I mean looking a little bit more uh, back to business back to normal a lot of good uh, quarters we've got Murray in his quarter he's got Query Silich and Ferrer. Um, I'll just throw out the cores you guys can bounce off of. we got Verdasco with Soderling and, and Burdich in one other quarter. Nadal's got Monfi, Isner, and Sanga. And uh, Federer's got Golbus, which would be interesting if they meet again, and then Yuzny. So one, some potential good matchups. One interesting thing you didn't mention is the one person missing is Novak Djokovic, who, True. who yes. withdrew because of, because of allergies. allergies. Yes. Pollen allergies. He also had to, he also had to default in... In Serbia, I don't know if I've ever heard of that before as a reason well, to withdraw. Well, let me speak on that because I am an allergy sufferer, if I may. Mm-hmm. And I took two Benadryls last night, and I still feel shattered from it. But my nose, just the pollen was killing me, and now I'm just, I feel stoned basically from the Benadryl. And allergies can really make you feel weak, and uh, they, they can do a number to you if it's a bad allergy. I don't know how, it just seems a little bit bizarre that it's just, usually you have allergies for your life or for a many number of years to have it just come on is what seems a little bit weird to me. There is something about Djokovic physically that's, that doesn't seem right. Even these other clay court tournaments, he was struggling in, in a lot of matches. He with for, you know, not necessarily, I don't think because of the heat, maybe it was nerves or I, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, obviously that it's, Yes, there's a mental component to it. I don't think anyone would question that with Djokovic, but it, it, there's, there's some physical issues going on with this guy that are really holding him back. Well, yeah, let's face it. I mean, look, I mean, uh, you know, to, you, you got to believe that in Belgrade, his own tournament, and, you know, you know, he's got the most to gain from anybody, you know, with that tournament being a success. So it's, it's hard to 
hard to think that he would have had the brass to kind of like say, yeah, I don't feel like playing today. No. I think I'll withdraw. You know, of, of all the places on earth. Because he had to show up that, for the trophy ceremony to give him the trophies anyway. Exactly, so yeah. So he kind of figured, well, since I, I'll be up there anyway, one way or the other on Sunday, I may as well just uh, mail it in. But no, you know, <clears throat> I, I think, look, the guys, it's, it's hard to second guess people's physical issues. I don't think the guy would have pulled out you know, unless he, he really, really was feeling pretty badly. And, and I agree. I mean, I think he's, but he's got this history, of course. You know, remember those famous incidents at, at various Grand Slam events when he's taking these, you know, late match timeouts or, you know, and I think at the French Open he predicted he was going to win. I think it was, was he playing the doll, was it, Steve? He's playing, he's, he, he's, he ends up taking a long injury timeout, then he loses the match and or gave it up and said, oh, well, yeah, I would have beaten yeah, a guy yeah, anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah, and he, he was talking he was about like, back the dollars. He first quit, so, after yeah, the, yeah. quit after yeah. the second set and said he was in control. But yeah. I don't know if he, I, I think that might have been taken out of context a little bit. He, but he did say afterwards, I was in control of that match. Yeah. Yes, yeah, no, exactly. So, no, no, the guy definitely has physical issues. And, you know, look, he, he plays solid enough. He's, last time I checked, he's still number two. And, you know, Nadal's going to have to do pretty well to catch up to him. So, you know, his, his overall consistency is pretty good. But, but, you know, this guy's a little bit different, I think. This guy just has a little bit of a different, you know, way of looking at things. He's got a little bit different kind of physical makeup, even though he's a big, strong guy. And I mean, uh, you I'll just never know. I mean, since no one can call me to task, I won't be here. But I, I just think you've got to knock him out of as a contender at the French at this point. I don't see him. He's not going to have real match play under his belt. His confidence can't be great because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't had any, you know, building that confidence. I, I just don't see him as a, you know, he's number two in the world or not. I don't see him as a, do you guys see him yeah, as I a think contender? That, uh, I don't. His physical, he's de- deteriorated a little bit physically, I think. And even f- since that Davis Cup match, he's, he, I don't know if he recovered from that uh, yet. I mean, if, if, if he's still reeling from that mentally, that just shows you that Davis Cup needs to be rescheduled in some way because you shouldn't have a top player. And it's great to see them give their all to their country, Pete, but to, yeah, I mean, to, to be shattered a month and a half, two months later, that's not good for anybody, not only Djokovic, but for the sport because well, yeah, it's good for the sport. Well, let's remember it was Steve Tigner saying he was shattered by Davis Cup, not Novak Djokovic, well, so you know, we, we don't know about if you that. Watch yeah, it, no. I mean, he, he, he gave everything in that match. I mean, you could see how important it was to him. And he poured, those were tough, long matches, so it had to take something out of him. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't know what the lingering effect of that uh, uh, of that would be, but no, I mean a guy. Uh, I agree with you about the French Open. I mean, you may as well write that off anyway. And who you know who's going to win a French Open? Rafael Nadal. I mean, what, what, does, uh, what does anybody think? <laughs> I mean, everyone's I think kind of preordained that he's going to do it again. Um, hard to. I mean, any thoughts on that, Steve? I mean, I, I, well, Federer, Federer doesn't look like he's going to mount a challenge. Uh, he's, been, he's he's he did okay in Estoril last week, got to the semis, but I, I don't I mean, get Federer is Federer is um, he. He turned it around at this tournament last year. When this tournament started, Madrid, everyone said, last year everyone said that Nadal was a lock for the French and Federer won Madrid and then won the French Open. So you don't know about that. One thing that will help Nadal, somebody like Del Potro is out, Davidenko has been out. Some of these guys, some of these other guys who, who could potentially beat him won't, won't be there. Right. That's a good point. I mean, uh, and Murray hasn't, well, Murray hasn't played Federer, well. Though, not Nadal, because these other guys don't have much of a chance against no, Nobody's got much of a chance on Nadal on, on clay when he's healthy. But Federer, I think, really benefits from not having you know, Davidenko and those guys. Because Davidenko, well, we saw Davidenko almost took him out a couple of years ago. And you know, Del Potro played him a very good match last year. He mm-hmm. was a big stumbling block, block there. So those, those two guys have beaten Nadal recently on hard courts. Obviously, that's different. But they do have wins over him. And I'm sure Nadal will be happy not to... Not to see them. The I way Federer is playing, you got to think. You know, you got he's got to worry about the Nicholas Almagros of this world. I mean, that, I think that's a good point. And, and I mean, even someone like Verdasco's had a great spring. Obviously, got tired there for a bit. But if he can, if he can uh, have the energy once he gets to the French, I mean, it'll be a big 
big statement for him if he can perform well. He's been done well in the slams, uh, you know, historically. But um, I think you got to look at something like that. Golbis, Ferrer. I mean, there, there's still a lot of dangerous players that I think will challenge Nadal. And then, of course, Selderling. I, I mean, that would be interesting to see how that would shake down. But uh, I think Nadal, oh, I wouldn't go against him, but I think he's going to have he's going to have his f- fair share of challenges, I think. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think he'll, he'll, um, he's going to play, might play Soderling at this tournament, might play Verdasco in the semis. I think he has a pretty good, pretty good road to the semis. Um, but, and, but one thing that'll help Nadal is even if he wins this tournament, he won't, I don't think he'll have overplayed this year. He, by skipping Barcelona, he, he seems to be pretty, pretty much physically, uh, and, and his game as well peaking at the French rather than maybe a little early the way he did last year. Yeah, I mean that that's a key, right, Pete? I mean he's, he, I mean Nadal, he's looked fresh when he's been on the court. His top spin is just unbelievable, and he he just seems to be in the best mindset he can be at. Well, you know if the guys, you don't know if the guy's hurting or not because he's not going to tell you he's hurting. If if that's the case, he's going to try to keep it on a QT as long no as possible. But he doesn't show any signs of it. Certainly, the way he's playing and he looks energetic. He's bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know. So I think uh, I think maybe he's maybe these knee injuries and some of these other nagging things he's had of have been overcome now if it stays that way through Madrid. Remember last year it was in Madrid where things kind of collapsed on him though too. So right. if he comes out of Madrid, however far he goes, how he comes out of Madrid will tell you probably a lot about his chances for the French. I mean, he's said, right, that he doesn't Madrid's not a favorite of his, the altitude and, and the climate. No, he doesn't itself. like to he play there like, like it there. A week before week before going to Paris. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. I mean it didn't hurt Federer obviously. Who do you guys think just looking obviously for this this week in Madrid, but also just at the at the French, I mean of of the uh, other people besides uh, Federer, who do you like? Who do you think is going to maybe have that big Grand Slam tournament? Is it Golbis? Is it is it going to be Verdasco? I mean, I, I I'm thinking Verdasco could have a great run in Paris. Verdasco seems year. like he's he's good for a, maybe a quarterfinal. Yeah, he's been consistent. Right. He's been consistent, but I don't I don't know if I I see him breaking through further. Like he got to the final in Monte Carlo against uh, Nadal. He played well up until that point, and then he got Crush. he got blitzed, and then. He played very well into the semis of Rome, and he was ahead of David Ferrer, and then he fell apart there. So I see him going to a, a, a certain level. Golbus is more of a wild card. I don't hard to imagine him putting together two weeks of three out of five set great tennis just the way he plays. But but he's an exciting guy to see how he does. Anyway, I mean, the more I read about Golbus, Pete, I mean, he's he, we're actually uh, our one of our editors here dug up something where he said that uh, you know he wants to win one slam and that's it. One and out and retire basically and leave. Oh, no, then he made a joke afterwards that he he wanted to win a slam and then come back and win a low level tournament and then retire. So the <laughs> okay. guy, the so guy is he does have a strange sense of humor. Basically, a joker. Yeah. I also, and he's you know he clearly doesn't like to practice much. Um, his work. I mean, he doesn't have a great work ethic, but he's an extremely talented player. So that he is definitely someone to keep your eye on because you with that kind of background, you just don't know what the heck you're going to get. No, that's true. I, mean, I, see Verdasco, I, I, I see Verdasco as having a big target on his back, and I think Verdasco's in a situation. Guys like him get in a situation where suddenly the promise seems to be there. You know, They put up a couple good results, but let's face it, a Grand Slam is different from the other events. I think Verdasco will go into this tournament feeling a lot of pressure. I mean, he's going to go in feeling, well, you know, I've done due diligence. You know, I've shown that I've, you know, I can gut it out. I've, I've improved you know, my, my previous results, you know, I've, you know, I'm sort of the man now, you know, and, and, and then all of a sudden that kind of accumulates come Monday or Sunday, that French open, and suddenly he's going to be sitting there thinking, all right, well, here I am. Right. Now it's time to sort of, you know, uh, pony up. It did happen. I, I think it happened to Djokovic in this situation last year. He had a good clay court season, yeah. only lost to Nadal, and then he went out to Kohlschreiber at the French. He was just, you know, he right, was pretty exactly. much spent, or maybe there was a little pressure. Yeah, now it's showtime, and it's a little like, am I really up to this or not? And, uh, you know, you got to wonder about that with Verdasco. 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. And um, just want to make an, a side note for the French Open coverage for tennis.com. We should give a plug there. You guys uh, are going to be there. And, yeah, um, I'll be there it. the first week. I'll Pete be there the second, second week. Pete the second. And we're going to have Monfils blogging for us, which we have uh, confirmed. Oh, good. Uh, I think his people still officially, officially need to sign off on it, but all indications are he's going to do a couple matches, a couple blogs before the tournament. They basically wanted to do it during the tournament. And I, you know, I asked for a couple. I can hear about it. his hear about his McDonald's runs after, <laughs> this is after right. the matches, right? His Royale with cheese and such. Royale and, uh, with cheese. And uh, so he'll do a couple blogs before the tournament starts, and then he'll be blogging up until the point where he loses. So everyone, root for Mumphies if you want to read about him. So hopefully he'll get to the second week. Can we get him to like tweet during like during the match, like you know, on a changeover, just <laughs> yeah, put yeah. up a quick tweet? Like, I'm waiting for that. Oh to man, happen. I just blew that game. <laughs> Two forehands. Out. What am I doing? That would be a great experiment if they, if you could do that, but. Uh, I can only see that happening in something like world team tennis or something. Well, he's like in that. he's in decent. He seemed to be in okay form in Madrid. He's back playing at least, and he won a match. So that's well, that's he's good be for us. You know, he's played some good matches. At the <laughs> yeah, French he's, he's Open. he likes playing in front of the French crowd, which is a, a good he loved, thing. Oh, a good he lo- little bit too much of a ham, unfortunately. I think he gets in a position to maybe do some real damage, and he overplays in a way because he's got that. You know, he, the guy's just looking for an opportunity to dive or do something really spectacular, and you know that can hurt you. I think, but no, I, the guy's coming in fresh. I presume he's completely healthy. And so, you know, he, he could do some damage there. Ferrer could do some damage, too, he's, I think. He's, he's kind of sneaky, yeah. tough. You really got to beat him like a guy. Like when, if he plays like a Verdasco-type guy, I wouldn't be – I almost would give a guy like Ferrer the edge. I mean, Ferrer is probably one of those guys, Steve, that nobody wants to face at the French because he's, you know, like you – No, you got to work. You got to work right. so you gotta hard work to, to get to beat that guy. But he, for some reason, he's never – he's never really – I don't, he never really threatened there for some reason, but maybe he, I think he plays a lot of clay, and that's that's hurt him well, at the French th- in the past. I don't know if he's he's peaked. I mean, he has to play all these clay tournaments. This is his this he's is his he's time. Got of year. D- disease. He doesn't end points with one big shot. He doesn't end points early typically unless he has a, a, a sitter that any pro could put away. He doesn't get a lot of big serves, and he just he. I mean, he is the grinder. I mean, if he had to pick one. But I mean, I don't even look at Nadal as a grinder per se. He has so many weapons off the ground, and he's also got a lot more flair than Ferrer. Ferrer is just <laughs> no flair, <laughs> bare no bones. Flair I like the guy. I like the guy's <laughs> no game. No flair, Ferrer. There we go. Yeah, he's good. And then what, before we move on to the Davis Cup preview quickly for uh, the U.S., I mean, what about Roddick? Not hearing a lot about Roddick right now going to the French. I mean, what are our thoughts on that? I mean, I see an early exit for I'm him. Surpri- I'm surprised that he didn't that he didn't go over maybe a tournament early. He's gone over. To Rome in the past, at least this this year and last year, he just went to Madrid. But f- but from the way he was playing and his style of play through Miami, I would have expected him to th- at least have a little more, I don't know, confidence in himself to 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 try to build up towards the French and maybe you know maybe do something something better there. He did he did take this route last year and he did fairly well. So maybe that is maybe that's what he's thinking. Don't play too much. He had his best French Open of his career last year. He felt and. Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's. I think he's really figured. I, a. I think he cares, and B. I think he's really figured out what he thinks he needs. Now, whether that's you know accurate or not, I don't know. Maybe you should have another tournament. And you Pro- know, we'll s- the only risk with that is he did win a couple of matches last year. But if he goes out early in this tournament, he goes into the French without without a whole lot of clay. Yeah, then it's trouble. And he's got, I think, uh, who Feliciano Lopez, I think, yeah. in the first round, and you know, which is a very winnable match for Roddick, you know. And this is it was kind of funny. Lopez was just saying, you know, there, you know, Roddick, I think, is three and zero against him, but all the matches have been on hard court. And he, 
you know, Lopez said something, you know, like, oh, well, it'll be nice to play the guy on clay, which was, you know, it wasn't a dig per se, but you could see almost like he's saying, oh, well, we'll see if it's different on clay. Right. But I like, you know, call me crazy. I like Roddick's game on clay. Do I think he's going to beat Nadal? No. Do I think he's going to beat Federer? No. But I like Roddick's game on clay. I think he well, could. has got a perfect clay game in many ways. He likes to stay at the baseline. He has a big forehand. He's, he's got a good rally weapon up. now with that, no, with, he... that, with that backhand. He can set things up for that forehand. And look, the serve is always going to help you. Plus, the other big thing with him, and this holds true, I think, of the other big American. John Isner, uh, to a greater degree even than, than Sam Querrey, is that you know when he's returning, you know he gets that extra split second. So now he's going to be in a much better position to start the point offensively, or to, to maybe try to take control of a point with his offense. So you know, uh, I think uh, he he might be able to go. Yeah, I mean, do I could well. see a second week with him, but like I don't know, we'll see what he does here in Madrid. Um, and then the last bit of news that came across the U.S. their Davis Cup road they. Have to play basically a match is in September, uh, where if they lose it, they get relegated out of the World Group of Davis Cup. Zonal if they win it, zonal competition. No one knows what that is, other than it's you don't want to be there. And if they win it, they're back in the World Group next year. And a so chance. So this to is win Isner it. and Isner and Query will go down there. That's the to that's Columbia. The idea. They're going yeah. to Columbia. That's they're the going to news. Columbia in September, shortly after the U.S. Open. You know, uh, you got to believe that Isner and, Isner and Query both are Davis Cup guys. They're buddies. I think if they both go to play singles, they'll be. You know, you know, it's a little bit like, well, gee, you know, we don't we don't really want to go, but since you're going, I'll go, and vice versa. And I think they both have a pretty good rapport with Captain the mm-hmm. U.S. Davis Cup Captain Patrick McEnroe. So, you know, the other thing is. You never know, depending on what happens, you know, through the summer. You know, Roddick said he's not going to play this year. I think this team is tight enough so Roddick could step back in there, or even Blake for that matter, if they wanted, oh. theoretically, and say, listen, I want to play. You know, uh, I, I think the team well, needs me. If or, either one of them decides they want to play, I'm sure Pat would. Well, I don't know about Blake. I, I might go with Aquari. Or no, you wouldn't Blake want to take Blake to Columbia. But, <laughs> but uh, I actually think, I mean, on the one hand, Columbia has no big stars. So it's a, it, I on think that they level, have, it's great, I think they have the clay. kid, uh, Geraldo, who, who did well did well in Rome, who looks who looks pretty good. I think he's, I think he'll, I mean, I would guess that he would play. Doesn't it seem like He beat Ferrero pretty, pretty badly in the first round in Rome. Doesn't it seem like a pretty awful uh, draw for the U.S.? I mean, they're going to play on clay. You know that. You know they're going to find the slowest dirt mound they can play on down there. And, and of course, there's that, hist- that history of pretty wild um, South American Davis Cup ties with the U.S. Jimmy Arias was Chile almost Peru. killed in Paraguay. Yeah, brick thrown at his head. I mean, this has all the maybe makings. that won't happen this time, but this has all the makings and earmarks of a disaster for the U.S. This is like a worst case scenario on some level. Well, it could be if Col- if Colombia had had you know slightly better players. You know, uh, of course they they will be at home on clay. Uh, but the American you know the American guys you know there's the only the, the only guy on uh, the four con- the four guys you think of as singles players, and I'm including Blake and Roddick. You know, Blake is the only one you think. Well, gee, I mean, you know, it's really hard to imagine a guy having that much of a chance on clay. The other three guys you, you can trust pretty well on clay against against journeymen guys. You know, you know, considerably below them. So, you know, I think it's 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 going to be it's a winnable tie. And look, let's face it, in Davis Cup because of the lack of participation by top players, you know. Who would you rather play, Colombia, or would you rather play Switzerland at Switzerland with Federer coming back to play this as, as he often does no, so Federer, that the team doesn't to, get relegated? You know, you don't to, know. He has to go to Kazakhstan this time, I believe. Great Britain. You almost think <laughs> England. Awesome. You almost think United Kingdom, too. But, I mean, they're so far off the charts. They're, they're not beyond, out of the zonals even. No. I think they're... I think they're playing like at the like the county level and municipal level <laughs> one to thing, try to work their way one back up. Thing will be fun. It'll be should be fun to watch. The crowd should be great in Colombia. I'm, I would oh. guess. I don't know. You've got to figure it. Oh yeah, it should be good. I'm, I'm guessing it'll be on Tennis Channel. It'll be on TV. I so. presume. 
Uh, well, that about wraps up the uh, this week's edition of the podcast. And uh, check in with tennis.com. Send your emails, questions, concerns, etc. We got a lot saying why we haven't done some uh, over the last week. We apologize. I'm sure Pete and Steve will get this train rolling on a regular basis uh, starting, what, tomorrow, guys? 8 a.m.? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, 8 sharp. <laughs> 8 sharp, so <laughs> and, listen uh, to this now before we get the next one up. That's right. But uh, send your questions, comments into uh, podcast at tennis.com. And uh, that's it for me. And uh, with Pete Bodo and Steve Tigner, we'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Cheers. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. Thank you.